Growing up, I wanted to be a bum that lived on the beach in Australia, but plans had to change. I was 16, flat broke, had a kid, so I had to figure something out. Nobody would have thought that you'd be the one to start a million dollar company and then move to Florida. When I turned 18, I applied to the union only to get rejected. Long story short, I only got accepted because What's up, Joel? Jared, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Good, man. Happy um Friday. Podcast Wednesday. You know, you say that, but I know the truth. All right. And and also, we were talking in the kitchen before this podcast mm -hmm. about how you're in this moment, you're appreciating the weekends. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, because let's see, you haven't like been like, oh man, it's the weekend time for a while, right? Um, Yeah. Like since we moved to Florida or even before? No, before that. Yeah, because gotcha. like... I was like that when I worked for somebody else to be sure. like, oh, dude, it's the weekend. I can yeah. go do whatever I want, mm. right? We'd go mm -hmm. snowboarding or mm -hmm. whatever. And then uh, I started my company and it was just like, I didn't care if it was Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday right. or Thursday or whatever. I didn't even know what day it was half the time. Mm -hmm. I was just going, 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 going. Once the plumbing company started to go and I didn't wasn't really needed all the time, then the days were all just kind of the same, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I remember like, we would be in your house in Alaska, like meeting yeah. for church, and you'd be like, dude, I don't know what day it is. Like, cause because your routines would yeah. be just so they wouldn't be confined to the going to the place to do work and then leaving. Yeah. No. Because your work could happen anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then we moved down here and I didn't really do anything for a while. It was mm. just a kind of a free for all. But then I got bored. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's better now because I'm living and dying by my calendar a little better. Mm, sure. So that... You, like, I'm actually, like, putting stuff on my calendar, mm -hmm. thinking about how I spend my time and mm. trying to use it wisely. Yeah, like, one of the things that I've been thinking about is, like, we have so many things to focus on. Like, when you're building any kind of business, there's a million things to think about, and it's really hard to determine, like, what is the thing I should do right now? <laughs> it's almost... <laughs> it's super hard. And because there's always a... There's always a, there's always a risk that you're going to choose the thing that you shouldn't be focusing on, but you don't even really know that. That's why... Coaching is so valuable. Oh, yeah. Because just for that one reason, mm -hmm. they can look, <clears throat> somebody to look at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about this with my general manager. They haven't been doing a very good job, like being a good leader for him, right? Mm -hmm. And just when I say that, I mean, just looking at the bigger picture and going like, mm -hmm. here's the things that we need to worry about. Like, here's the, here's the few things you should focus on in this, in this short time frame. Yeah. Like next mm -hmm. steps. Um, and then don't worry about this other stuff, mm -hmm. right? Because it's hard because he's in the day-to-day, -day, the thick of it. Yeah. And it's hard mm -hmm. for him to see that big picture. Mm -hmm. But for me, <clears throat> I sit back and I see the big picture all the time, so right. it's much easier. Same thing with a, a coach. When you're, in, when you're in your business mm -hmm. and you don't have the luxury of not working in it, right. which a lot of people don't, then you're in it so much that it's so hard to like mm. remove yourself from that and think big picture, top-down perspective. Yeah. And that's where a coach can come in because yeah. he can look at, like they have the experience of being mm -hmm. where you're at and then they can look at what you got going on and think about it a little more big picture, mm -hmm. know what's coming up mm -hmm. and say, focus on these few things right yeah. now. Yeah, like a coach is really like an attention director. So it's like, direct your attention here. Yeah, so the way I like to think about it, mm -hmm. And I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Dude, you've never said this before. I like to think about it if, like, 
starting and growing your business is like getting from point A to point B in a maze, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, There's tons of different directions and distractions and maybe even multiple ways you can go that'll get you to the end. Mm -hmm. The job of the coach is to look at the maze from the top, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So he's looking down at the maze and he can see you in there and he can map out the path to get where you want to go. Right. And he can say, okay, your next two moves, you're going to turn right you're going to travel for 30 feet and then you're going right. to turn left. Right. And then we'll talk again. Right. And it's, you don't have to remember every move to get to the end. Right. You don't have to remember mm. every detail to get mm-hmm. to the end. It's just the next couple moves. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And it helps cut through like in our, in our day and age, like information is everywhere about everything. Oh yeah. And it's, you can get, wild. you can get in the weeds off learning things that could be helpful for you at some point, but they're yep. not, you don't need that right now. Nope. Um, but it seems like a good idea because you can you can perceive that that is going to be useful for me later. Yep. But then you're like spending your weekends reading these books or like watching these YouTube videos that actually aren't going to help you do the thing you need to do now. Yeah. And if someone were to just be like, hey man, don't even worry about that. Yeah. Like that's a later thing. Like right now you have this. Yeah. That'll come later. Yeah. And I'll let you know when to have that. Yeah, Incredibly then get, valuable. Then you get information overload is what I call it. Yeah. And you're like... You got so much going on in your head and you feel like you have to do all of it. Yeah. Because sure. you're not super clear on what the next two things you have to do yeah. are. And then it's just you end up spinning your wheels, doing stuff you shouldn't have done. Yep. Going nowhere fast. Yeah, and I think it's good to like like know yourself to the point where you're approaching information overload. Like so like I'll consume a lot of and read like business books. Mm-hmm. But then I also will consume not business books. Like whether it's like about like Christianity or whether it's just like a story. Mm-hmm. And I know when my brain is not like going to be receptive to anything businessy. And like, I just need to detox to give it a little break. And like, let's just read something else and then derive some sort of value from this. And then we can go back into this. So for me, what ends up happening is I spend all of my time and attention mm. filling up my brain with new ideas and new things. Mm. And I forget to take a second to go look at what the crap is actually going on. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, thinking about the next thing instead of the thing that you got going on right here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And so I I tend to like, because I I tend to be a little bit of a like, I have this idea. This is a cool thing we can do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's make this happen right now. (laughs) Yeah, and I need, and so I need to like, it's cool to learn new Mm -hmm. things, but I got to, I'm way limited on the new stuff I learn. Yeah. I read a little bit of a book, and if it's really good, I just put it down for now, and I just <laughs> sure, yeah, and I just sure. let that mull over. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I get way too distracted. I turn into a giant mess. Yeah. Um, readers yeah. are leaders, but if you read a ton of information, you don't do anything about it, or none of it is like useful to you mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. What good is that doing? Yeah, and I think it's easy to feel like that. Well, I don't have anything to do in this current, like, like, who was I talking to about this? I was talking to my buddy yesterday. And it's like, yeah. He's like, sometimes I'll sit down and eat lunch and I'll watch Star Trek instead of watching Alex Ramosi. Yeah. And I'm like, I know. Isn't that funny how you're like, well, I have this vacant time. I should be filling my head with good ideas from people who are really good in business yeah. so that I'm ready to do it. Yep. And there's always this push to like, I must fill every waking moment with yep. information. And... I would say that I think there's seasons of life. So I wouldn't watch Star Wars though. You I, did, I, I would go outside. Well, I know. get some movement the, the, and some sunshine. The point is, is like 
there are things that like yeah, filling I, your every time that you can spare not focusing on your business with business related things yeah. isn't necessarily always the answer. No. I would say that sometimes there's a season for that. Like yep. if you feel that your brain is just catching things very well and you're like, dang, I, I think I am onto something here, then there might be more advantage to leaning into that yep. and absorbing as much as you can. But it comes back to just awareness of yourself. Yep. And what's going to be useful to you now and not forgetting that, man, maybe you should just be out like running service calls and making money instead of doing this other quote unquote high level stuff. True. Comprende. Yeah, comprende. <laughs> what, what does that mean? That's, that's a high level good word. word for the day. That's a good word. That's <laughs> that's we should do like a dictionary with Jared. Oh dude, that'd be super short. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah. That's, the. that's that's your A entry? That's not even A. Like, that's fine. So what are you talking about today? Mm, I don't know. What are we talking about today? Um well, if you don't remember, we want to do a deep dive on Jared Williams. Oh, yeah. Let's tell my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, deeper than we've ever told it before, though. That's oh, yeah. what you told me. Way deeper. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, we can go way back. Way back in time. That's where Costin's got to put some cool music. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you can just, I can just, I guess I could do the music. <laughs> you could. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to do it again? Can we, should we just do a whole beatbox episode? Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> just like we're bike riding, you know? Just take some clips from that. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, yeah, <coughs> um, yeah, let's go way back. I mean, because there's a lot of things that, you know, led to having a plumbing business that makes me millions of dollars that go, that go way back. Um, we can just go, let's go back to like my senior year of high school. Okay, gotcha. I barely made it there, first of all. Mm -hmm. So it's a testament to anybody who struggled in high school, is currently struggling mm -hmm. in high school, mm -hmm. or doesn't think they're smart enough, or doesn't think they have what it takes. Mm -hmm. I was worse off than you, I promise. Mm -hmm. I was I was a terrible student. Mm -hmm. I barely got I barely got like through high school, barely got my call my degree, right? No way I was going to college. Mm -hmm. Senior year, I already had a kid. And like a boss, like a boss, like you should. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you know what you're doing, everybody should just have kids in high school and then get married when they're done. And life is way cooler. We'll make sure to put that one on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be a good we can one. hear the, the opinions from the masses on that one. Yeah. So I already had a kid. Um, I met my wife the, let's see, it was not my senior year. What man, I had a, I had a kid when I was 17. So whatever the year is before your senior year, junior. I don't even know. Junior? I got your back. Thanks. <laughs> so junior year, I got, it was my girlfriend at the time, pregnant, mm -hmm. um, and we had a kid. It was actually her, whatever's before junior, sophomore? Mm -hmm. It was her sophomore year. Mm -hmm. She actually finished high school a year early. Mm. She's way smarter. <laughs> I finished high school on time, which was actually remarkable considering my past yeah. of high yeah. school. Um, do Because I like... I went to ninth grade and I completely failed. Mm. I failed gym. Mm. Like that's how bad like, I was. Did you just not put any effort into things? Zero. Yeah, I gotcha. So were you sort of like, you didn't do well in school because you were like, I'm not doing nothing. Dude, all I thought about was skateboarding. Mm. That was it. And so you're just- And music. Actually, that's kind of funny because thinking about how 
you have a good ability to focus and get things done. Yeah. Your focus was probably just not on anything related to what you were doing at school. No, it was You're on probably just like, oh, skateboarding and... I'm going to play some music. Skateboarding and music, yeah. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. So, and then, so I met my wife. She was probably my first, like, legitimate girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting her pregnant. And Jeez. her dad was a plumber. Mm-hmm. And so we finished high school. I got up. Uh, like, the last six months of my senior year, I had most of my classwork done and I would get off pretty early. Mm-hmm. And so I went to work for a company called Western Mechanical. And so, well, cause you went to like, why did you, did any of your other friends have jobs like you? No. Okay. Nope. Nobody and, had jobs. And so talk about just like maybe the evolution of like, okay, you got your girlfriend pregnant. Yep. And then what did your parents think about that? And what did they, did oh they push God. you to do anything or what? No, my parents were pretty, like looking back on it now, I didn't really worry about what my parents were going to say, but they were just like, oh yeah, okay. They expected it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife's dad, on the other hand, he was pissed. Yeah, I can imagine that. He didn't come home for a few days. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was, I didn't know him that well. I was yeah. kind of worried. Um but it, that ended up working out okay. Yeah, in the he, long run. Yeah, he, we, I, we finally like all met together. My parents, her parents, mm. and he was like, "Jared, I'm not going to kill you." But, oh, wow, that's a big step. But yeah. you better marry my daughter. Yeah, I gotcha. Which was, I intended to marry his daughter, mm-hmm. but I think it's cool that he said that. Sure. Rather than being like, "You're a piece of crap. I don't ever want to see you again." Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. probably it was a good reaction. Mm-hmm. So if anybody here is listening and your daughter is pregnant <laughs> <laughs> in high school and he's a halfway decent dude, yeah. then, you know, maybe it'll work out. Yeah. Maybe he'll be like you and he'll have a good business and make good money and yeah, provide maybe. for his family and have old kids when you're still young. Yeah. yeah. Um, part, the other part of the thing uh, that he did, he said, he told me, I am not buying your baby's diapers. Mm, sure. And I said, okay. And so I worked at a, a bike shop for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, made just enough money to buy diapers. Hmm. And then like halfway through my senior year, I went to work for Western Mechanical. That's where my father-in-law, he's now my father-in-law worked Mm -hmm. um, as a plumber, plumber pipe fitter out of the union. And I got a job as a yard bird. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was the, to this day (laughs) is the best job I ever had. Mm. It was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I didn't even realize it then, but like, Having to go there and like learn all the parts and mm-hmm, learn sure. how to communicate with these plumbers, pipe fitter, welder guys yeah. that were just so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in like a, a, a Christian home. Mm-hmm. My dad never cussed. Mm-hmm. To this day, if he heard, he listened to one of our podcast episodes and he heard you cuss. Oh no. He heard, I don't remember oh, what he geez. heard you say. But he goes, I asked, this was just the other day. It's so funny. I was like, <laughs> he goes, I listened to one of your podcast episodes. I was like, yeah, what'd you think? He goes, I was not impressed with Joel. <laughs> and I was like, dang, my foul mouth. Jeez. I was like, it can't be the big words because my dad uses big words. Oh, yeah. Thanks. So yeah, get me off of that one. I probably didn't even use any big words. And I was like, what was it? He goes, well, I mean, his language. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, he goes, it's just. You know, it's maybe I'm old school, but it's just, it's not professional to me. I'm there's like, a little, there's an explicit label on the podcast. Is know? there? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you got to put it there just in case. We're going to have to start being more explicit. 
Oh yeah, we better live up Tell to my the label. dad. Don't listen to this one. Yeah, this <laughs> one's for Jared's dad. Yeah. And... <laughs> Beep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What if he heard the things that you say after the intro? Oh, dang. Jeez. Um. Anyway, my dad is like pretty hardcore, never cuss, very nice person. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I grew up around. Mm-hmm. Like all of our friends were that way mm-hmm. for the most part. And so when I got around these dudes who were just rough and gruff, they were they were all so grumpy, <laughs> but yet they were really nice. Mm. And they were all so mean, but yet they were really nice. Sure. And yeah, they were yeah, all yeah. so yep. foul, yep. but yet really nice. Yep. Like deep down, they're just good dudes. Like yep. most construction workers are just, they're just cool dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're foul and they're grumpy and, you know, they have a certain attitude. Sure. And the Western Mechanical, that shop to, like, I worked there again a lot, like later on in my career. Mm-hmm. And they're still that way to this day. Mm-hmm. It's super funny. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Same people funny. or different people. So there was a lot of the same people. There was a guy. So when I worked there in my senior year, I would, I would show up on Saturdays and they would have me run down to Delta. It's like 150 yeah. miles away. Mm-hmm. And I was running parts. So I, during the week, I would like get parts together. Then Saturday, I would make a parts run. Mm-hmm. There was a guy down there named Kevin Church. Mm-hmm. Grumpy, cussed like a sailor, mm-hmm. but super cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would give me cigarettes. And so I started smoking, <laughs> right? Classic. And then he, so then, and I was underage. Sure. And so I'd, I'd, Drive down there every Saturday, sit in his job trailer with him, listen to him curse like a sailor. We'd smoke cigarettes together. Mm. It was super funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was there the next time I worked there. He, he was still there. My mm, father-in-law gotcha. was still there. Yeah. So it was like the same old story again. Yeah, yeah. You should like have going like, hey. back in time. Yeah. Like gotcha. it hadn't changed at all. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Um. So I started working there, doing that. I worked there. I think I ended up working there almost a year. Mm-hmm. So I graduated, kept working there for a little bit, and then um. I went to go get into the union. Mm. Um, I didn't. So back then, the union, it's local 375, plumbers and pipe fitters. They would get like 250 applicants mm-hmm. every year, mm-hmm. and they would take 15. Oh, wow. Jeez. So Very competitive. Super competitive. And like if you had family in the union, you had much better chances. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, let me take. Let me go back a step. Graduated high school, then we got married. Yeah, sure. Um so at that time we're married, we moved into our own apartment, mm-hmm. um, doing pretty good. And then, I mean, why was this your favorite <laughs> job? Like, why did you enjoy this job? Like, unless it was just that you worked with these crusty old dudes. Yeah, it was the, it was just the, it was the crusty mm. old dudes, the newness of it. Mm-hmm. It was the sure. first time, like, like having to learn, like, about plumbing parts and plumbing and POs and sure. And like, oh, there's construction sites, and it was all mm-hmm. new, right? Yeah, I liked learning it. It was mm, the first sure. time I liked learning. Interesting. I, I didn't even know it yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and so it was fun, and it was just cool because I would drive, like, I, like after I got out of high school, and then I would go to work Monday. Like, I'd I'd wake up Monday morning, I'd go to the shop, I'd get a big old list of stuff, mm-hmm. and this job that they had was like a two year job down in, mm. in 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 Delta, and so I would drive every day. Oh, well. And so I'd spend an hour or two getting parts. I'd spend an hour or so driving, and then I'd spend an hour dropping off parts and then an hour back. Yeah. 
And that was my whole day. Yeah. And it was just, it was super, super fun. Yeah. Super simple. And it was cool. Yeah. I would listen to the truck I drove had AM FM radio. I'd listen to talk radio on the way down <laughs> Oh yeah. until the radio stopped working. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's just silence. <laughs> then just silence. <laughs> yeah. I think I had a little, uh, man, I must've had like a, a discman or something. Mm, probably did. Cause we didn't, I don't, we didn't have MP3s then. Mm-mm. We didn't have iPods. No. And I, I think I had a Discman and a little cassette adapter. Oh, yeah, yeah, For the yeah, truck. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. Mm. Funny to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just a fun job. Mm. It was super fun. Mm. I would love to do that again. <laughs> Maybe because it was so... Hey, if you play your cards right, you could make it happen, Jared. Maybe. You might have an opening. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe if you play your cards really wrong, maybe that's the way I'm sure I could it. go back there and be like, I want to be your expediter. And they'd be like, cool. They'd be like, oh, uh, sure, man. Hired. Yeah, done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Telling your wife, going back to Alaska, babe. I'm, I'm going back to work at Western Mechanical for $10 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to work out great. It's going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to be so happy, though. Don't worry. I got a two-week on, two-week off gig, so I'll be down here for two weeks. It'll be okay. <laughs> we'll make plenty of money. We'll Don't play. worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I went and applied for the union. I didn't get in. I was like number 18. Mm. They took 15. And so my father-in-law went down to the hall and talked to the business owner. Did you ask him to do that? Not business manager. No. Gotcha. Yeah, you, said, probably, you probably wouldn't ask him to do that, would you? No, heck no. Yeah. And he said, what, is, what does he have to do to get in the union? And he was like, "It was they, they didn't choose me because my high school grades were horrendous. specifically my math grades. Mm -hmm. So they get you into the union, and the first thing you do is you go to school and you go through math. Yeah. And if you didn't do really good in math in high school, chances are you're not going to make it through math class in union school, and you're going to end up dropping out. Right. So they don't necessarily – so they want to see that you, like, did okay in math, Mm -hmm. right? Which is funny because the math we used out in the field was not – anything like the math that they taught us to use. Yeah, and I mean, we know that you're good with math because we, <coughs> we do lots of math on the podcast. I'm a, I, <clears throat> Dude, you're a math master. I'm terrible at math in my head, but I actually really enjoy math. Um, Put it on a spreadsheet and you're happy as a clam. I love spreadsheets. I know you do. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, That's a good quote. I like yeah. that. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. Don't even get me started. I'll put it on a t-shirt. Jared Williams. I'll give, I'll give yeah. you one. Yeah, okay. 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 Can, really? I get to get one? Damn. Yeah. That's a little too many bennies in this company. Dude. Better make me pay for it. Yeah, don't get me started on that either. <laughs> um, so where was I? So what I did is I went and took a math class. So I signed up for mm. this trigonometry class. Wait, wait. Is that because your father-in-law figured out, they were like, if he does better with math? Yeah. Like, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I just had to prove to him that I could do math, that I was capable yeah. of doing math. Right? You should have listened to this podcast. Yeah, I should have. Um, no, they should have. Oh, yeah, they should have. <laughs> anyway, <come> um, <laughs> So in the meantime, so he gets this information that, hey, if he takes a math class and mm. shows that he can do math, mm-hmm. he'll probably get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also told them, hey, we're opening up this new program. It's what they called, I think they called it like BMR or something. It was like a pre-apprenticeship. So I signed up for the math class. I went and signed up for this pre-apprenticeship class. I got into that. It was a lower pay scale. It was a two-year program. And basically, if you got through the two-year program, then you you automatically got into the regular program. Mm. So okay, I thought, yeah, okay, gotcha. I'm in this. So I'm, 
as long as I make it through, I'm pretty much guaranteed to get into the normal, you know, the apprenticeship program. If I get a math class, maybe I can get in like next year into the union mm-hmm. and I yeah. only have to do this pre-apprenticeship for one year. Yeah. So I did, I got into pre-apprenticeship. I signed up for a math class. Um, we went through like a month of schooling and then they put us to work. Makes sense. Yeah. There's stuff that's got to be done. Yeah. So I went to work on what was called Eielson Air Force Base mm-hmm. um, for a contractor called American Mechanical. Hmm. And I spent, Ended up spending a lot of time at American Mechanical. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I went there and I worked with this guy named um, Robert Platts, mm-hmm. who I don't, know, I don't know if he's still alive. Mm. Turns out his sister was my aunt and I had no idea, <laughs> <laughs> which is super funny because yeah. I was, we were, we were literally working with each other for like two months and we're sitting on some buckets Mm-mm, in a sure, parking lot sure, sure. at break time mm-hmm. and I'm digging in my lunchbox. And did I remember it very, very vividly? Do you remember the little Coke cans? Yeah. That yeah, were like, like half ones? size? Yeah, but we're not talking about the thin ones. We're talking about the fatter ones. They were short. Yeah, they were just Nor- short. Normal. Normal. Yep. Yep, just short. Yep, I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my wife would make my lunch every day, and I I would always have a Coke in there. So I I'm pop trying to over. imagine your wife putting a Coke in your lunch. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Christelle yeah. being like, <laughs> she would never do that now. No. No. She'd be like, oh. No. Um. So I, I opened my lunchbox, an igloo lunchbox, the lid like slides yeah. over, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I look in there and I can see the top of the Coke and the food is like all the way to the top of the Coke can. And I was like, dang, I got a big lunch today. Mm-hmm. I was excited. Mm-hmm. And I pulled that <laughs> Coke can out and it's like this tall. Yeah. And, I, and I, it was same instance. I'm sitting there. I'm like, what did, the crap is this? Did you not normally? You normally got full Coke cans. Normally full. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha, yeah. And I'd never seen a short one mm-hmm. ever in my entire life. Oh, yeah, so you and were just blown away. And like, I was like, dang, there's so much food in there. Am I dreaming right now? Yeah, I got super excited, then pulled the Coke can out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this thing? Yeah. Like, first of all, who buys this? Yeah. <laughs> who yep. wants a half a Coke? Crystal was just communicating that you're getting a little tubby drinking <laughs> Maybe. those Cokes. You who know? knows? Anyway, I was, we're sitting there, and I'm drinking my little tiny little Coke, and he keeps... He talks about his son, JD. And I'm like, I'm like, JD, man, I grew up with a kid named JD. He's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, he used to like play at my aunt's house. And I would go over to my aunt's house and he would always be there. And he was like, who's your aunt? And I was like, um, Kathy Innes. And he was like, that's my sister. And I was like, what? It was the weirdest experience. Yeah. I was like, how did I never, ever, ever see you? Well, yeah. it turns out he was. You know, he was in the plumbers and pipe fitters. Mm-hmm. He spent a lot of time up north. Sure. So Especially around that time. Yeah. Yeah. So people who don't know, like, you can go pipeline pretty much every single winter. Yeah. And so he'd be up pipelining. I'd be over at his sister's house playing with his kid because mm-hmm. his sister was watching his kid while he was up north pipelining. Gotcha. Yeah. It was, huh. kind of, it was a funny moment. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> small town. Very small town. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think he's dead now. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows, just comment below. He had a drinking problem. Mm, super, sure. super nice guy. Yeah, he was a like he was the first guy I ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an apprentice. He was my journeyman. Mm, sure, yeah. Um, he was super cool. Taught mm. me a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. How to wrap Teflon tape. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Um, <clears throat> and then after, so we were actually we were out on Ielson all summer long on a utilidor project. Mm-hmm. And then we went back into the shop in the wintertime to start prefabbing for the next utilidor project the next summer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, how did that work? 
we did a Utilidor project, but then there was a, um, actually didn't go back in the shop. I went over to the, the guy that I was working for, the guy that owns American Mechanical. Mm-hmm. Name is Dennis Michelle. American Mechanical was a, they're a general contractor mm-hmm. and they did their own carpentry. Okay. Mm, they did okay. their, their own like excavation, own dirt work. Mm-hmm. And then they did their mechanical work. So mm-hmm. not all the mechanical, just the plumbing and the heating. Right. right. And then they would sub out all the, you know, sheet metal and electrical right. and whatever else had to be subbed out. Right. Otherwise they did most things in house. Um, they decided to build some condos. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why. It's super funny. He teamed up with another guy in town mm-hmm. and they built, uh, I think it was 20 units mm-hmm. of these duplexes. Mm-hmm. And then there was a row in the middle of like eight of them all tied together. Mm. Um, and I actually, I went over there and we started running water lines into all the foundations. Yeah. That's what I started doing. And then we ran, so we ran water lines in, then we ran sewer lines in, and then they started framing the condos. We started plumbing them and then wintertime hit. Um, and we plumbed for a little bit and then I went and applied for the union again. Mm, sure. Gotcha. And at that point in time, I got in. And I got in because I went and signed up for this trigonometry class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, trigonometry can't be that hard, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a Whatever. cool word, you know? Yeah, I thought, if I just sign up for like an algebra class, it's not yeah. that impressive. Yeah. But if I do trigonometry. If I do trig, pss. that's even cooler. Yeah. Well, um, I wasn't a very disciplined person at the time. Mm. So I never finished the whole class. Mm-hmm. I only finished one little section of it. Did you like know you didn't finish the whole class? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, you were aware. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't submit the grade for the whole thing. Mm. I submitted the grade for the one portion of it that I did. <laughs> on purpose or on On accident? purpose. Okay, yeah, gotcha. And I lied to them. I told them that, mm, dang. hey, I got an A in this trigonometry class. Yeah. Um, and that's why I got in. Oh, my gosh. And I felt bad about it ever yeah. since. Did you ever call them and apologize? I told them all, like, my my last year in the apprenticeship, I told everybody. You're like, hey, guys, just got to come clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what'd they say? Nothing. They they're, just laughed. They're like, they oh, Jared. They didn't care at that point in time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were already doing what you needed to do and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I get into the unit at that time. So that means January 1st, I'm going to school. Mm-hmm. So you go to school for the way we do it in Fairbanks, Alaska, is you go to school for two months, mm-hmm. and then you work the rest of the year, mm. and then yeah. you go to mm-hmm. school. Like, you work an entire year, and then you go to school for the next two months. I understand. Yeah, And so on and so on yep. and so on. Until, like 12 months, and then two months, and 12 months, two months. Until the final schooling, you go to school for two to three months, and then you turn out. Gotcha. You become a journeyman, right? Gotcha. Take all your exams, get your licensing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you're a journeyman. Gotcha. Um, so I went to school and then went straight back to American Mechanical after school. I ended up working at American Mechanical my entire apprenticeship. And because I remember you talking about even doing those utilidors after yeah. you had like started your first and second company. So it's like you've done a lot of utilidors on Ielsen. I did. I did that first year of utilidors and then we did seven more. So I went that first, when I got in as a pre-apprentice, we <laughs> yeah. did utilidors. Yeah. And it's funny because it's actually really funny because we did that we did that section of utilidors and then I did five mm. years during my apprenticeship we did utilidors yeah so for five every, years every single summer for five years wow goodness and then I turned out 
And I believe we did. It's really hard for me, me to remember, but mm-hmm. it was it was really weird because we went back mm-hmm. and we were redoing some of the utilidors that I did. Yeah, that first year. And you're like, wait, I've been here before. Yeah. Yeah. It was super weird. Like we were upsizing some piping and tying into things that mm-hmm. I put in like seven years ago, eight mm-hmm. years ago. I was like, this is super weird. Hey, look, I wrote Jared was here and then I drew an obscene image, huh? Yeah, it was oh, super geez. weird because back when I first started working in the utilidors, like the, the utilidors are a 30-year revolving project. Yeah, yeah. They replace them every 30 years. Mm. So it, there's... One summer you do this section, the next summer you do the next section, and then after 30 years, you're right back at the beginning Mm -hmm. doing that first section again. And so I remember talking with guys, and they were like, I put this in. Like old guys, they were like, I put this in back when I was an apprentice. And you're like, dude. I was like, dang, that's crazy. Did you draw that picture on there? Yeah, I drew that picture. (laughs) No, that never happened. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was was weird. It was a weird experience. But yeah, um, yeah, we did seven years of Utilidors. And utilidors are just like, I don't know if they have them everywhere, but they're just like concrete hallways underground. Mm-hmm. And in uh, in Fairbanks, they got steam, sewer, water, electrical, like communication, mm-hmm. and condensate. Yeah. Um, so you just go in, like we would go in, we would run temporary steam, water, sewer lines. Then we would go rip out all the utilidors. We'd clean them all up. Mm. And then we go put in new supports and then all new piping and then rip out the temporaries. It was, su- I loved it. It was super fun. What did you love about it? It was just simple work. Sure. A, almost kind of brainless. Kind of like, kind of like assembly line style. It was outside. Mm, sure. So you're outside in the sunshine mm-hmm. or in the rain or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, just working away. Mm-hmm. So, and it was fun. Mm. I liked it. I enjoyed it. That's funny. I didn't know you did that for seven years. Like that's like, yeah, that was like your bread and butter. Yeah. So we would prep in the winter. Mm-hmm. We would just prep all the, we would yeah. like prefab all the manholes, mm-hmm. prefab all the anchors, everything we could, all the racks, all the mm-hmm. supports. And then we go put it all in all summer and then mm-hmm. get it all tested, turn it on, and then back into the shop mm-hmm. and start prefabbing for the next year. Mm. It was fun. Mm. Um, so I did that with American Mechanical, but then they lost, it was like a seven year contract that sure. they had, seven or eight years. And you would have to bid on it. And there'd be like, they would select like four contractors. Mm-hmm that were allowed to bid on Utilidors for the mm-hmm. next eight years, wow. right? Um, and they lost it. So they lost it for eight years. They couldn't bid on any of them. Dang. And that was like their bread and butter. Sure, yeah. Oh, dang. <clears throat> um, so they started bidding on um, building remodels, mm-hmm. still on base. Mm-hmm. And not just building remodels, but new buildings as well. Mm-hmm. And the first building they got, I remember... I must. I either went and did more utilities after I turned out, or I turned out and went straight to this job. I can't remember, mm. but there was a building they bid. They called it the Striker Wash. So they had um, vehicles in. It was on the Army base. They had their Striker Brigade, Brigade, whatever yep. that is. It was bigger vehicles, mm-hmm. um, and they had a bunch of buses too for some reason. Eh. And they needed a car wash for them. The car wash that they had wasn't big enough and robust enough to get these vehicles clean. Mm-hmm. So we built this giant indoor car wash mm-hmm. um, with these, like it was huge. Yeah. It was enormous. Yeah. Um, and the sprayer nozzles were insane. Mm-hmm. And then you you like drive through the sprayer nozzle stuff and then you turn the corner and you went through these like huge blowers. It was wild. Yeah. 
Sounds like a government project for sure. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I got on that project. I was there for like two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two or three months, and the foreman quit. Mm. And they were like, hey, Jared, do you think you can be foreman on this? And I was like... And you had turned out at this point? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was a journeyman. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never worked in a building before. Sure, you've only done utilities <laughs> up to this point. So I know I'd done utilities. And I plumbed a lot of condos. Yeah. Because we yep, plumbed all those, got condos, those condos right? that you did. So that's your like, that's your record. Yes. Yeah. And I'd done some side jobs, like sure. plumbing houses and stuff. Yeah. Um, but man, commercial building, I had no idea. I'd never seen a, a toilet carrier or a urinal carrier mm-hmm. or I didn't know what air handlers were. I didn't understand how they worked. I didn't know there was, I didn't know that was equipment that my company bought. I didn't know there yeah, was sure. motors in there that yeah. could turn both ways. Yeah. You could wire them wrong. Yeah. Like it was a it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. It was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I fumbled my way through it, learned a ton. Sure. Um, a lot of the people were really cool, helped out a lot. Yeah. I'm sure they just thought I was just a complete idiot. Because you were just making all these mistakes. Yeah. But I was like 24, yeah. 25. Yeah. And you were just handed this like massive responsibility. Yeah. I was young. Yeah. Super young. Well, why did they give the opportunity to you? Because they knew they could boss me around, <laughs> it was my guess. <laughs> sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like looking back on it now, mm-hmm. um, you know, they just wanted people to show up to work and just yeah. do what they wanted them to do, right? And, and they were the, the company did stuff a little bit differently, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the guys would come in and they get pissed and then quit. Mm. It was a pretty normal thing to mm-hmm. happen there. Mm-hmm. Which ended up happening to me eventually. Yeah. Except I didn't get quit. I got fired. Oh, jeez. I didn't really get. I didn't get fired. But we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. So I worked there for a long time. Ended up doing that project, and then we went and did a remodel on what was called the Cold Weather Research Center. Wait, wait. So you you faked your way through that project though? Faked our way through. By it. the end of it, you learned went a bunch through of stuff. commissioning. They told like they told me commissioning was happening, and I was like, cool. I'm like, what's commissioning? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> did you even have a smartphone what? at that point to Google? Is that no, even I thing? didn't have a smartphone. I yeah. still had a flip phone. Um, I don't, I don't know if smartphones were out at that point. Yeah, I don't know. That's a long time ago. Maybe the OG iPhone was out. Maybe I don't know. Um, got through that project, got it finished, and then I went straight over to this other project. Um, there was a building called Cold Weather Research Center. Mm-hmm where they would do cold weather research stuff. I don't I don't even know what. Magic. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. They had all sorts of cool toys like mm-hmm. they went out snow machining and four-wheeling. Yeah, yeah, research. But they had a yeah. lab in there and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I learned a ton more there. Mm. Were uh, you the foreman on that job too? Yep. Okay, was, cool. And from the beginning for the first time. Yeah, sure. And so that was cool. I learned a lot there. Um <laughs> and then we went over to these these you know the Army had built these duplexes. They built 55 duplexes, mm-hmm. so 110 units. Right. And they they built them on top of a bunch of PCBs, so drums full of mm. nasty stuff, and I want to say alternators, but that is not the word. <laughs> the thing that converts high currents to low currents, high voltage to low voltage. What is that? A catalytic converter. No, come oh, on. Dang. I don't know. I'll think of it. I can't. I don't know why I'm um, superconductor. No, it's not a super flux capacitor. There we go. (laughs) Um, Anyway, they buried all this crap and they went, you know, back in the day. Yeah, like it was like garbage and they were just burying their garbage. And they went to go build these condos and a bunch of the people started getting sick. 
or sorry, duplexes. A bunch <laughs> yeah. of the workers started getting sick. Yeah, sure. I think a couple of them ended up dying. Jeez. Um, they ended up shutting the project down. This like cleanup company came in for like five years, spent five years just tunneling under these houses and pulling out drums of stuff. God, that sounds miserable. Sounds yeah. like a miserable job. Yeah, mm. it's crazy. Um, I. When we first got there, I got to see all the pictures of all the like tunneling and stuff they pulled out of there. It's pretty gotcha. cool. Mm-hmm. So when they were doing the project, they they had to hurry up and get everybody out of there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they just like they'd put all these glycol lines underground, so like welded glycol lines, heating lines, and typically you would flush those and clean them out right. before you put the glycol in. Well, they just threw glycol in, turned it on, and split. Mm-hmm. So there was a bunch of crud in the pipes mm, and it yeah. was clogging up all the pumps and everything so Jeez. we went through that project and we replaced thousands of pumps we had piles of taco pumps did you go garage did, did you go bury them somewhere no oh no. come on that's the We'd, theme like <laughs> it was crazy just piles of them yeah um anyway i was there for like i don't know year year and a half and it was on that project man so weird. On that project was where I got the idea to start my own plumbing business. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to start J-Rod's Plumbing. It's mm-hmm. going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. Why did why did you have that thought then? I don't know. Like, what was your like inclination? For- I think, I, so in, in Alaska, you have to go through an apprenticeship program, which is five years. Right. And then you have to work for four more years before you can apply for your mechanical administrator license. Gotcha. And I think on that project, I had hit that four-year mark. Mm-hmm. And so I went and applied for my mechanical administrators at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was rolling around with another guy, and he was like, I want to start a business. Sure. And so we decided to start J&J Mechanical. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, we went and, like, we started J&J, but we didn't quit our jobs. Um, I went and um, did the plumbing and heating at a hangar on at the airport mm-hmm. that the boss of the company owned. Mm-hmm. He bought a hangar and we remodeled it and added on to it. Um, it was pretty cool. And then <coughs> for some reason, American got slow and me and the other guy there, we went and worked for a company called Patrick Mechanical down in, um, we worked in Glitter Gulch. So ah, yep. For the listeners. Yeah, that's when you're in Healy. Yeah, yeah. Glitter Gulch is like, South of Healy, like what, mm-hmm. 25 miles? Yes. I don't even know if it's that far, but yeah. It's what, two hours out of Fairbanks? Yeah. It's yeah. like the Denali tourist yeah, so, trap, one could say. Big yeah. hotels. Like if you're going to go to Alaska, it's like on the corner of the main highway. What is that highway? The Al- is it the Alcan? No, 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 no. That's Richardson? The, yeah. Mm, yeah. What is it? I don't know, man. I don't know. The highway Dude. that goes from Anchorage to oh, Fairbanks. Man, been there, been away too long. The Parks. The Parks Highway. There we go. That makes sense. Yep. The Parks. Yeah. And then there's the Denali Highway that tees off, and you can go yeah. into Denali. Like into the woods. Into the woods, like into the Denali National Preserve. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can take Denali Highway the other way and head towards like Glen Allen and Valdez mm-hmm. and all that. Um, they had gotten bought out. It was originally owned by Aramark, and they got bought out by Princess. Mm-hmm. And Princess went in, and they built a new um, laundromat facility. And so... I was down there. I was in charge of the laundromat facility, mm-hmm. which was cool to do because there was a bunch of stuff that I'd never hooked up before. Sure. Um, and then got moved over to the, um, what would you call that? The treatment center, the treatment plant, not center. 
like the where they treat your poo and your urine. Mm-hmm. That was cool too. Um, we were putting together, I'd never done it before, like 18, 24 inch PVC yeah, glue sure. together pipe. Yeah. Um, me and this other kid named Travis, mm-hmm. he was smoking dope half the time. He was a su- <laughs> super cool dude. Yeah. One of the coolest people I've ever worked mm-hmm. with. Um, he, we were, we had this whole warehouse to ourselves and we would go take measurements mm-hmm. and then we'd go back to this warehouse and we would prefab these big mm-hmm. pieces of PVC. Yeah. And we had these glue cans, PVC glue cans that were huge. They were like, I don't know, 18 inches tall and 12 yeah. inches wide. And the dauber, like a normal glue can is like the size of a coffee cup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got the little dauber, right? Yep, yep. These daubers were like massive. They were like 12 inches long. Mm-hmm. It was like a big like paint roller almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would just be dipping the, uh-huh. you know, the primer. I yep. don't know if you've ever smelled PVC primer. Yep. It's strong. Yeah. And then the glue. And we'd be in there just all day long just... Yeah, doing that thing. Gluing away, mm-hmm. breathing all the fumes. Mm-hmm. People would come in there and they'd be like, they'd be you like, guys got to open a door. And we're like, like what? Oh, <laughs> no, man, this is chill, man. What? We're doing, we're having, it's awesome in here. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, made a ton of money down there because we yeah. worked like seven twelves. Yeah. Um, that gave us the first initial bit of money to really start J&J. Sure. So we actually like, I man, think- Man, and this was before, because you went to Healy again, right? Like later on, this isn't the time that you're in Healy when I actually knew you. Um, no, I don't. I think I only went down there once because I remember you'd go down and you were running a lot at this time. I just remember you'd go down to Healy and maybe yeah, like you'd be like, oh, I was in Healy and I like it because I can go run after work. Yeah, it was cool. Okay, so this is so that was this the around the same same time frame. Yeah, because I had had bought my van because we were I bought an old Chevy Express van for five thousand bucks. Um, it had shelves in it already. It was a piece of junk. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any money to like buy tools or figure out how to get jobs or any of that kind of stuff. Sure. So like the opportunity to go down there and work a ton was cool. Um, we were working 12 hour days, um, but like all the, all the food was provided, but it was garbage. <laughs> and so I brought my own food. I remember I'd cook bacon in my bathroom with the fan on <laughs> and I'd sit on the toilet and have my griddle on the floor. Yeah. And I'd cook bacon. Yeah. And probably my staple was canned chicken, yeah, um, beans and cheese, and I'd make burritos. I'd put them in the microwave. Because at this point, was Chris still becoming more health conscious? Oh yeah, way more. Yeah, and I was running a ton. Yeah, sure. So you were running yep. a ton. So you had a bunch of other like ideas yep. of why you wanted to eat well at this moment. Yep, I yeah. was training for my second Susitna 100 at that yeah, point. Gotcha. Yeah, and so down in Healy, and it was cool because I would. You know, just go run up the mountains after work. Yeah, even in the wintertime, because the the wind blows so hard down there, it just blows all the snow off the mountain. Mm. So you can go run all year long. Yeah, it was super rad. Hmm. Um, and it was super actually really fun going up in the mountains when it was windy. Dude, I remember this. Cause I remember that you were like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I remember you lightly considering like we should just move to Healy. Dude, like it's kind of awesome. Out I would there. still to this day move to Healy <laughs> if I could. Like, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite spots. Yeah, because the the mountains are. Just yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous down in that area. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, but you kind of like if you want to move to Healy, like you might as well like have a bunch of money so you don't have to worry about anything. Just do what you yeah. want. Yes, there's nothing you can do down there. Yeah, unless you're like a teacher or something. Yeah, so I'd go run up in the mountains every night. Sometimes the wind would blow so hard that you'd be like on like on the ground on your belly, or you're gonna get blown over, and the wind would die down. So I'd pop up and like 
run as fast yeah. as I could, and then the wind would pick back up again, you so you'd have down. to pop back on your yeah. belly. And just wait. Super cool. Huh. I mean, it was Hard also core. cool doing that in the winter because nobody else was there. Yeah, sure. There wasn't, there wasn't a soul, and it was dark, and I had my headlamp, mm-hmm. and when you, in the wintertime, like, all the sheep, they go up the mountains because yeah. there's too much snow down on the, yeah. you know, down in the valleys they can't get around. Mm-hmm. And so there's just hundreds of sheep living up there. Mm-hmm. And so when you go up there and you're got your headlamp on and you shine your you're getting close to the top where they hang out, you can shine your light and see all their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And then you get closer and you see them scurry away. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty cool. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then we stopped working seven twelves, started working like six twelves, and I would come home on Sundays mm-hmm. and I would do long runs with my father in law. Yeah, gotcha. And it was cool because Running up in the mountains got me in good shape. Yeah, so and then I was, you come back and smoking. smoking your father yeah. on. I'm sure he loved Just, that. Yeah, he hated it. Yeah, he did. Hated it. Mm-hmm. And I remember purposely, I would run ahead of him, and my calves would hurt so bad. And I just told myself, I'm not stopping. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I got to get, like, way ahead of him. Yeah. And he would want to stop so bad, and I would pull that trick. I would I would run way ahead, and then mm-hmm. I would stop, and I'd get a big, long break and wait for him to catch up. Yep. And, and as soon, start looking like you were running. As soon as he like got like where I could see like where he was gonna start walking, I'd start running again. Oh gosh. <laughs> so he didn't get a break. So was, you you were actually very helpful for him. Because then he got probably the best training he, he ever got. Yeah, he owes me. Yeah. Any day. Man, you should call him up and let him know. <coughs> I will. Drop a link to this podcast. Yeah. You can listen to it. Yeah. Anyway, a little off topic, but um after that we started my first company with my partner J and J. And that, so it was like, it was fun at first to have a partner sure. because if you needed help, you got somebody there, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what to do, maybe he knows what to do. Yeah. So then you and, can figure it out. Yeah. And it was mm. probably really useful for me personally at sure. the time. I probably wouldn't have made it on, on my own. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't mature enough. Like, what do you mean by that specifically? So, I mean, he was like 37, 38 and mm-hmm. I was like. 20 something. Oh, wow. Or 30. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Yeah. He was quite a bit older than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but immature enough to hang out with me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was slightly more mature than people my age, maybe yeah. because I had a kid so young. And mm. then he was slightly immature for his age. So it was a good mix. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it was a, decent, a match made in heaven. It was a decent mix. Yeah. Um, and so we just started doing side work. Mm. We would, we. How'd you get your side work? Just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like from family and friends or what? Family and friends. Um, yeah, pretty much. Just just word of mouth. What was your guys' ambition? Like, why did you guys sit together and go, we should just start our own thing? Uh, we wanted to have our own company mm. and make lots of money. Sure. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. That was the goal. Yeah. Like, work less. For me, it was work less, make more. Yeah. For him, it was... I don't know if he intended this, but yeah. it was work more, make more. Yeah, he was hoping to work more, make more. Yeah, I I think he was hoping to work. I think he was hoping to make more. Yeah. But he was willing to just work his life away for it. Yeah, and then use it whenever he could take a breath to use it or however that works out. Yeah, which isn't very often. Yeah. And so we did side work together for probably, you know, we were kind of doing side work on and off. Yeah. Up until then. So mm-hmm. it was easy to say, hey, we're in business. Yeah. And then people would call us and we go just do more side work. Yeah, gotcha. Um we we did that for probably six months, six or eight months. Mm-hmm. 
And then we were getting busy enough to where it was like, one of us needs to quit. Um, and at that point in time, I was out at Ielson running a job for American Mechanical. We were doing a... Because um, mm, you're still in like the side work phase. Okay, I understand. Yeah. One of you needs to quit your main jobs. Gotcha. Yeah, one of us needs to quit our main jobs. And I was out at Ielson. We were building a fire station. It was a total mess, total disaster. I was super frustrated. Um, and he, we were like, somebody need, like, for, I can't work after work and on weekends and at work. Yeah. This much is killing yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to quit and start working like during the day for this mm-hmm. business, right? And with J&J, were you doing service work? We were doing service and then we got hooked up. The reason we were so busy, we got hooked up with a restoration contractor. Mm, gotcha. So they would do, what was that? It was Big Street. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, remember Big, Big Street. Street. Yep, yeah. I do. They kind of went, they kind of Yeah, tanked. yeah, I don't, yeah, I do. I'm Now I'm thinking about Big Street and I'm remembering like their logo and seeing them around. Yeah. They like really exploded big on the scene, yeah. um, doing insurance work. And then I, th- I think the owner just got burnt out and yeah. sold everything and got a job down in the lower 48. Mm. He was kind of a cool dude. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I know why I recognize him because I was working at Wrights. I remember Big Street going out to the village. Yeah. And I remember them they coming through. Work, dude, yeah. I think I remember talking to that owner because I'd probably be calling him. That was Brian something. Yeah, I yeah. remember this. I think like you and I even talked about our connection at Big Street. Yeah, maybe. like oh, I know him, and like oh, I know him. Like oh yeah, he comes through. He's a cool dude. He does work yeah. out in the village, and I just shipped a bunch of his stuff out there. Yeah, huh? Funny. That's why I recognize that. Yeah. So anyway, we got hooked up with them doing just basically something would flood or burn down, and sure. we would go in and do the plumbing. When you, no, sorry, you went out to Hughes on rights, but that was when you were J Rods. I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a that's a funny that was a weird thing too. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're somebody's got to quit, and I could I could see the writing on the wall at that yeah. point in time that this partnership isn't going to work out mm. because he wanted to work all the time. I did not. Yeah, he wanted to make millions and millions of dollars. I just wanted to make m- enough and not work all the time. Yeah, that was kind of my goal. Right? Yeah, and so at that point in time, I just gave him my half of the business. I think I sold him my van. Um, yeah, he your was, crappy van? Yeah, he was yeah. still working out of his pickup truck. And I think he still has that van. That's the Dang, funny part. He's milking that thing. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I sold it to him for 4000 bucks, a $1,000 cheaper mm-hmm. than I did. And he's put a lot of money into it since mm, I bet he has. Yeah. Um, I bet he loves it and we'd never give it up. Yeah. I don't know if it's still roll. I don't know if he still rolls it around. I don't know. Mm. Um. Anyway, I just went back to work for on the project that I was working on until that was over, and then they laid me off. Gotcha. Which I deserved it, hundred percent. Were like, you just being a poopy employee because you were just like, man, this sucks. dude? I was so frustrated mm. at that job, the owner of the company, the superintendent I was working for, mm. my boss. It was the most frustrating thing on the planet. I wanted to quit yeah. so incredibly bad, mm-hmm. but I'd worked there for so long mm. that I just held in there, held in there, held in there. Hoping that things would change? Or hoping what? we would just get the job over and we could move on to the next Yeah, one. gotcha. And then the next job would be better because maybe different people would be doing different it parts of it. It wouldn't have been any better. Sure. <laughs> so so I ended up, we got to the, what ended up happening is they ended up running the government out of money. And so the government had to shut the job down. Too bad they didn't do that right now. Government's got a lot of money. Yeah. Well, we hit them with so many change orders. Like the government had budgeted a certain amount for the project and we just 
we ran him out of money. <laughs> like not even halfway through the project. Dang. It was wild. So we had to box everything up, leave the parts on site, and then they laid me off. Um, and so I didn't have a job. So I called my father-in-law and he was like, oh yeah, we need people over here. Mm -hmm. So I went to go work back at Western. Did Mechanical. you take a break in between those two jobs? Take some time off or did you just like <laughs> pivot right over? I think I, man, I don't really know. I think I pivoted right over. What was your perspective at this time about money? About money? Yeah. Like, you know, at that point in time, I was, you know, we had money, savings in the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe Chris, my wife started working right around that same time. Is that when she started teaching? Something like or that. she do? I don't, I don't remember what she did. I don't really. It's all a big jumble in my head. Because I just know that, like, <coughs> there, there's a there's there's moments of formation in your story, and some of them are just around how you view money, yeah, and how you view those things. I just want to know where you're at as far my, as what you think about money at this point. My view on money at that point in time was like, I need to make more of it, mm. but I don't quite know how. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and we were starting to make more because my wife. I think at that time she was starting to teach, um, and so that was nice. She started. Mm -hmm. Price started at like 48,000 a year and then yeah. 58. And summer's off. And summer's off. Mm -hmm. It was nice. And my kids at that time were going to the same, were going to school at the same time frame that she mm -hmm. was going to school. So it worked out good. Yeah. Cause I, I remember like there's, cause I remember talking to you and this was really early on in our acquaintance at this point. I remember yeah. talking about like Dave Ramsey. Yeah. You guys would be like, yeah, we're doing the envelope thing or whatever. Oh, yeah. Or we I'd hear you recommend that to somebody like, oh, interesting. Dude, we yeah. did the envelope system for years. Yeah. And I just trying to remember we this were probably when you're thinking about it, like system. thinking about where I was living, we were probably doing the envelope system at that point in time. Yeah. You were, were you at the house next to your parents' house? Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. Cause I remember like we kept the, we kept, we literally kept envelopes full of cash mm -hmm. under our bed. <laughs> dude, bad. And you're yeah. like, grocery envelope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Yep. I mean, and it worked so well. Yeah. Like it was, we would save so much money. We would, mm -hmm. we would freeze our credit cards and blocks of ice in the freezer mm. so that if we had to use them, you had to really use them. We had to wait for them to thaw out. Yep. It was a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. um, and it, that did us a lot of good. Cause mm -hmm. like, you know, we graduated high school and started making money and we didn't know how to manage it. Sure, yeah, of course. I did I had no clue how to manage money at that mm -hmm. point in time. Um and the envelope system was like the only way we could go. Yeah, super simple. You have this much money to spend, better figure yeah. it out. So at that point in time, like my whole motto was probably live as simple and as cheap as you can yeah. so that you don't need money because money's hard to get. Yeah, sure. Right? So the route to freedom is through limit Simplicity. your expenses. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I still, I still think that way, but sure. my, my idea of like making money is totally different. Yeah. And as far as like freedom doesn't come through, like you have to be able to view making money through an abundance perspective and not be afraid to do the things to do it. Yeah. And then if you can live simply, you're just better off. Yeah. Like you have more security that way. Yeah. Um, and I mean, of course you can like ball out and do all that stuff too. Like whatever you want to do, it's yep. just less secure. Yeah. So at that time, I went back to work for Western Mechanical. Mm -hmm. We were, I worked there for about a year. We did, what did we do? We did a Fred Meyer remodel. Mm -hmm. That was a very fun job as well. Coming from this super lame, stressful job where you sure. didn't have any help to going to a Fred Meyer remodel where it was like, you're all on your own. It was super fast paced. Yeah. It was like insanely fast paced. Yeah. 
It was the fastest pace job I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Um, it was just like, go, 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 go. Super fun. Is that your preferred like working style? Oh yeah. Most definitely. Is there, is it, did the jobs frustrate you the <coughs> most because they were like slow paced? Yeah. Slow, jobs where you, you just can't get anything done drive me insane. Yeah. Cause you're just kind of sitting there hanging out. Your job is to this. get stuff done. And then if you just can't, you can't do your job, it's mm-hmm. super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Just want to go do some stuff. Did you have like people that you were working with are totally down with just chilling and waiting for things to happen? Um, some people, yeah. yeah. Some people don't care, but it drives me insane. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So then you're at Fred Meyer doing that remodel. And yeah. it's just like, and it's go, 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 yeah. go. Super fun. Ultimate mm-hmm. freedom to just make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Um, they ended up getting slow, so I quit. Um, they were going to lay off. You know what's funny? In the very beginning of this story, I was working with mm. it wasn't Robert Platts, it was Jimmy Platts. Mm. That's funny because I was working at Western and I started work with a Robert Platts, mm-hmm. his brother. Mm. Um, and even at that Fred Meyer remodel, I worked with him a little bit. Mm. He's still alive. Mm, gotcha. Um, super, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. I broke my knife on the job and he brought me a new knife the next oh, day. Oh, man. Real nice guy. Um, they were going to lay him off. And I was like, I was like, nah, don't lay him off. I quit. <laughs> yeah, that's Cause, cool. Because I didn't, I knew what was coming. It was a lot of just doing nothing. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure. And you're like, I'm not trying to do nothing. And like, no, I hate doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I can't stand yes, it. Yes, you do hate doing nothing. Um, So I quit. And that that's the first time I started my company. Yeah, by yourself. I believe. I could did be you, wrong on this. And so, like, yes, by myself. That's correct. And did you, like, did you, premeditate this, meaning did you like buy a van while you were doing that remodel and then knowing that you were going to start it? Or did you get laid off like, well, I should go buy a van and do start doing this? Got laid off and I went and bought a van. That's the first time I bought my mm-hmm. I bought my Sprinter van at that point in time. Yeah. No, I bought a different van. I bought another really? Chevy Express, yeah. Interesting. Went down, went down to Anchorage, spent five grand on another piece of crap Chevy Express. I went back I'm into business to, for myself. I'm trying to see if I can remember these vans and yeah. I feel like I can. I ended up selling that one to... Uh, ben Ford's cousin. I don't mm. remember his name though. Mm. Anyway, bought another van, went back into business. First time is J-Rods. Yeah. So I was J-Rods Plumbing and Heating. Mm-hmm. Did it for a year. I was super, super busy. Yeah. Um, Doing what specifically? Just, I did new construction. Mm. I did plumbing service. You pretty much did everything that came your way. Everything that came my way. The only thing I shied away from was anything commercial mm. because I didn't want to wait a gazillion days to get paid. Yeah. Like I was smart enough to know, like yeah. I can't wait that long to get paid. Yeah. Um, and you've done so much commercial work that you understand the cycles. Yeah, and I didn't want to do it anymore either. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. So lots of, you know, remodels, lots of boiler swaps, lots of sure, service yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So that's really where you started. Couple yeah. new houses that I plumbed. Mm-hmm. Um, got involved with a remodel construction contractor named Straight Ahead Construction. Mm-hmm. Did a bunch of work for him. Um, he was a cool dude, actually, to work for. Mm-hmm. Always paid his bills quick. Nice. Um, and I did that for about a year. And after the year, it was like, I I had money in the bank. Mm. Um, on, only because I think I was charging like 120 an hour. And I made that year. I made like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like, and and you you charge 120 an hour just across all different yep. things. So yep. no matter what you're doing, you're like, I'm 120 bucks an hour. Yep. No matter gotcha. what I was doing. Gotcha. Um, and so the I remember putting out bids and I'd be so nervous. 
Sure. That I, oh, is this too high? Yeah. Always worried it's too high. Mm-hmm. Never worried it's too low. Yeah. But I was low on all of them. Yeah. That's why I got all the work. Yeah. You were super busy because you were cheap. Uh, exactly. Across the board, not just with service, but yeah. with your. It's cheap and I did good work. Yeah. It's like. And you're probably easy to work for. Yeah. Super easy to work with. Or work with. with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so after a year, I made like 150 grand. I remember um, doing my taxes and I, I was able to put away like 20,000 after I paid my tax bill. But, you know, when I was working for somebody else, mm-hmm. I was making, you know, 100, 120,000 a year plus full benefits. Sure. Yeah, plus yeah, yeah. I got my weekends off. My brain could turn off. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to deal with customers on the weekends. Mm-hmm. It was like, so Did you I have two phones. Did you have like a work phone or a personal phone or was it all no, just, all just on my personal phone. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, having a really stressful job and getting paid the same amount of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not worth it. Mm -hmm. So I shut it down and I went back to work. Hmm. Um, I don't even remember where I went back to work. Did you ever want to like hire anybody? Like, did you ever have the inclination? I couldn't afford to. Mm, Gotcha. Like I had plenty of work to hire somebody, but I would look at the numbers and go, there's, there's no way I can pay somebody to work. Yeah. It's impossible. Um, and so I didn't, you know, I was like, it, it just can't be done. Yep. So I went back to work for somebody else for like another six months, I think. And then I want to say I went back to work for Western for like another six months. Mm-hmm. I think you went back and did more utilidors, didn't you? You did something on Ileson. I went, I worked for, um, yeah, I worked for a couple different contractors for a mm-hmm. while. Anyway, ended up quitting all that, went back to work mm-hmm. for myself. This time I was like, I'm going to do it better. Mm-hmm. I bought a Sprinter van, four-wheel drive mm-hmm. Sprinter van. Mm-hmm. Actually invested in some like good tools and equipment yeah. and things like that. Um, and I decided I need to make more money. Sure. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna work more. Yeah. Because it was like the only that's kind of funny that you thought about that to do. Yeah, you already knew. were super busy, and you're like, I'll just guess I'll be more busy. Yeah. What did your What did your wife say? Was she ever like trying to push back on any of this? Like, where was she? no. She was just like, do whatever you want, Jared. Yeah. Well, because yeah. you've demonstrated a, the ability to make money regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, for so the she, most part. So she trusted that whatever you're going to do. Yeah, and she was making money at the time. So yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like, like we, a we didn't need thing. to make that much money. Yeah, right? sure. So I went back into business for myself. Again, did it for a year. This time I was 140 an hour. Got, oh, dang. got super busy. Mm-hmm. Did a ton of work. Made hella cash. I probably made... 180,000 that year oh, or 200,000 or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. right? It was decent money. Mm-hmm. But still I could I I could see like I'm going to do this for, for the rest, rest of, of my life. life. Yeah. There's no I can't grow from here. I can't hire somebody. I don't I don't see how like and I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Cuz it was yeah, paid more, but it was zero freedom. Mm. Zero. Mm-hmm. Zero freedom whatsoever. Um Oh, at that point in time, in between those two times, I turned my van into a, uh, let's see, when was that? No, no, it was after this. I quit. I shut it down in April, mm-hmm. converted my van to a camper van. Yeah, because then you guys went on the road trip then? we then? went on a road trip. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think we were actually friends then. Did we start yeah. a home church at that point? I think when we got back. From the road trip? Yeah, because yep. you probably just got back. I just got back <coughs> from that Francis Chan thing. Yep. And then I was like, who wants to do home church? And everybody was like, we're good. And you're like, we'll do it. And I was yeah. like, cool, let's do it. Jared yeah. will do it. Yeah. yeah. So we went on a couple-month road trip um, and came back. 
yeah, a couple months road trip, came back, and I think I went, I worked for somebody for a little bit, but I can't remember who, and then I just started my own business again. I just remember you were telling me the story, and this might have been before or after, but I just remember you sitting on base and you looking, like eating lunch, looking around, being like, I don't want to work with this That's people. after the fact. Really? Yeah, because we, mm. we sold the house we were in, we bought the land next door, yeah. we, we built a new house. Gotcha. Um, and I was working for myself the whole time. Mm-hmm. And just running around like a chicken with my head cut off, mm-hmm. doing work and building my house. Um, and then mm. sitting in my new house, I remember it was like we moved in in October. We built it pretty quick, moved yep. in in October. And I remember being like, man, I am, I'm, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And I had a buddy that called me. He was working back on Ielson. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd gotten a bunch of money out there. He's like, dude, we need we need people bad. Mm-hmm. Can you come out here? He's like, it's six tens. I'll pay you general foreman scale, mm-hmm. which is like fifty some dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need people. And I was like, sure, whatever. Yeah. So I go back to work for somebody. Mm-hmm. That job was super weird. Um, ended up that job. I finished that job out and then went to work right next door for back to Western Mechanical. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so I worked fun. there for like three months and yeah. then that job got slow and I quit again. Yeah. Um, and then I went back into business for myself. Hmm. And like two months in back into business for myself, I said, Dude, I gotta do something different. Like mm-hmm. there's gotta be a way that that plumbing businesses operate that make money. Mm-hmm. Like there's gotta be residential service companies. I could mm-hmm. see the opportunity in residential mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. and I don't know why I saw it. Mm-hmm. It was like, there's gotta be a way to run a business that makes sense that actually makes money because I would see these companies online that mm-hmm. had like 20 trucks, mm-hmm. 30 trucks, 40 trucks, 50 trucks. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, is it just that they're so big, but how did they get there? Right, yeah, they like, had to start they, somewhere. How did they become that? Did it take mm-hmm. them 30 years to get 30 trucks? Mm-hmm. Um, and started doing research and started realizing that there's just a way that people operate a business that makes money. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes total sense. Like, once you see it, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. you mean you just have to, like, run it in a way that makes money? Right. There's a, there's a system to it. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret. It's mm-hmm. not some thing I invented. Mm-hmm. I just learned what everybody else was doing to be successful and did the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good timing because it was, I skipped a step. I went to work for uh, Holiday Parks for a few months. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's the missing step. COVID happened. Mm-hmm. It was the tail sure. end of, it was the kind of the tail end of COVID. Yeah, because was it really, was it really tail end when you're still working for Holiday Parks? Uh, COVID happened when I was working at Holiday Parks. Yeah. When I started my business back up, when I quit Holiday Parks and started my business back up, um, it was towards the tail end of COVID. So everybody had kind of sh- huh. well, kind of shrunk so and, weird. and pulled back during COVID, right? Sure. And so when I popped into the marketplace, it was like prime for somebody to take over. Yeah. So it was really good timing. Um, didn't plan that. Didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. I was just going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we just kind of exploded very quickly. <laughs> yeah. It was wild, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I started in 2020, like August. Mm-hmm. Um, August, September, um, I was still charging 140 an hour. Mm-hmm. October, 
I finally raised my rates to 259. I was mm-hmm. nervous as all get mm-hmm. out. That's a big jump. Um, the first guy I went to go work for at 259, I gave him my price, and he was like, "Whoa, that's ex- do all plumbers charge this much?" And I was like, "I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Sure, I have huh? no idea. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I needed to charge more because I finally sat down and scribbled mm-hmm. out my expenses and mm-hmm. was like, "No wonder I don't make any money." Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end, he goes, "You know, this was like almost two hundred dollars an hour, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I do. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm aware. And he was like, "You kind of got me over a barrel here because you were the only one that would answer your phone, and you were the you were the only one I could get out here." And I was like, "Sounds like I don't have you over a barrel." Yeah. Sounds like there's just not enough plumbers going around. Yeah. Um, and that that was one of the first times I had the realization of like. I'm the only one that answered my phone out of all the guys this guy called. Sure, because you were probably under the assumption that everybody's going to answer their phone. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, so what I learned is like, if you just answer your phone and get out to somebody's house and mm-hmm. offer them good service, mm-hmm. they'll pay you good money to mm-hmm. do it. Um, shortly thereafter, um, I went to a guy, it was the first first time I got a water heater job mm-hmm. at my new hourly rate. Mm-hmm. And it was, I want to say it was, it was still under two grand, mm-hmm. but I was... I was nervous, man. Mm-hmm. I thought, like the water heater I bought was like four hundred bucks. Sure, and I maybe had another two hundred bucks in parts. Yeah, um, and this thing, and it was two hundred, two grand, just under two grand, and I was in and out. I was just down the road. He called me. I answered. I didn't have anything to do, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. And I looked up his address on my phone. I was like, I'll be there in five minutes. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, sweet. Yeah, rolled wow. down there. <laughs> that's that's pretty quick. <laughs> rolled down there, looked at his water heater, gave him a bid. He said, "Go for it," and I was like, "Cool, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go grab the new water heater and all the parts, and I'll get this thing changed out." Mm-hmm. We got the water heater, all the parts, um, got it changed out. The whole thing took me less than two hours. I went to go bill the guy, and I was like, "This is crazy. Like, I'm gonna make thirteen hundred bucks, and I've only been here for two hours." Right, and. I gave I gave the guy the bill. You know, I gave him a price before, and I was like, okay, time for payment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you sure you're making enough money on this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? You're like, dang what it. What do you mean? Dang it. What do you, yeah, I'm making enough. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't worry. I'm making enough money. Yeah, I'm feeling good about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I just want to make sure. You provided me with a lot of value today. Mm-hmm. Showed up super fast. You got this thing taken care of. Mm-hmm. The work looks super good. Um, and I was like... Wow, you can mm-hmm. you can charge a lot for good work right. and for good customer service, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so from there, it just kind of exploded. I started doing work. We were able to put away from October, November, December. I was able to save eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It was the most money I'd ever had sure. in my bank account mm-hmm. in my entire life, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is wild! Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely wild!" If I was smart. At that point in time, I would have taken that 80 grand, I would have sold my house, and I would have moved down to Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. And I would have started my business down here. Yeah. I would have moved to a better market mm-hmm. if I was smart. That's actually like hot tip for anybody who's <coughs> in this position. Yeah. And they're in a very small, insulated market yep. that has a cap because it has. And man, I've talked to a lot of guys who are in these markets and they're usually like in like Montana or Utah or mm-hmm. somewhere in the mountains mm-hmm. and they're like small town or even like rural Dakotas, somewhere where 
It's yeah. there's just not a lot going on. Yep. You have such a better chance, and it depends on what you want in life, right? It depends on what you want in life. Like, like if you just want to keep living there and have a a little company that makes good money and you mm -hmm. provide a good service and you want to do that for the rest of your life, go for it. Yeah, and like maybe you could, you'll probably get in that general manager seat, right? Like you'll yeah. probably get enough guys on the road to where you can be that position. You won't have to be plumbing yourself. Right, yeah. You m might be able to sell it, question mark, maybe? You probably, and you can make a decent living. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do well. I mean, I, my plumbing business does very well. Yeah, right? yeah, if you're still in Fairbanks right now, you'd be, you could do whatever you want. Yeah, but yeah. had I made that decision at that point in time mm -hmm. to come down here, the my business down here right. would likely be doing probably three times what my business up there does, yeah. right? So lesson learned. Um, if you're going to start one, pick your market. Yeah, You got a choice at that point in time, so mm -hmm. pick one. Mm -hmm. Like Do some research. Find a good market that's underserved, that has cheap AdWord costs, and mm -hmm. go there. Mm -hmm. I would. Plus, living here is way better than living in Alaska. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, for reals. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Alaska. You know, sometimes I miss Alaska, um, mm. certain portions of it, but... Yeah, me too. Sometimes I miss, like... Some, there's something about being in a small town and, like, the quietness of mm -hmm. the the flow of traffic. Mm -hmm. And then just to be able to go into, like, legit mountains that are pretty easy to do. Yeah. Like, I miss those things, but I definitely do not miss this time of year where it's, like, super cold, super yeah. dark. You really got to like being uncomfortable yeah. if you want to go outside. Yeah. Where today it's like, well, I guess I could put on... We were talking about it. I'll put on a coat and be warm. Yeah. Instead of like, I'll put on my coat and still be cold. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a bun, weird feeling. Yeah. But yeah, I know. To be like, wow, I'm actually sufficiently warm. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with this place? Yeah. 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 Um, so at that point in time, I saved 80 grand. Um, I had two vans and I had moved into a shop mm. and I had hired your wife to answer my phones. Mm -hmm. One of the best decisions I've ever made. Mm -hmm. um, it's January. It's actually December 2020, I believe. And so I think just after Christmas, right before January 2021, mm. um, we hired our I hired my first guy, Andrew. Super cool dude. Mm. Um, still works for us to this day. Mm -hmm. Super good employee. Mm -hmm. um, does tons of revenue. Good attitude. <laughs> One of my favorite people to this day. Mm. Um, he came to work for us first employee. So then I think somewhere around like March, we hired employee number two. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Nick. He still works for us. He came mm -hmm. in just hot, mm -hmm. ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And he just started like working. Right. Just work, 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 work. Yeah. Build out a ton of revenue. It was exactly what we needed at the time. Mm -hmm. um, like really got lucky. Like there were like, there were some things that I did right, but there was sure. a lot of things that I got lucky on. Sure. And I think most people will have that same experience mm -hmm. that anytime they're successful, yes, they made all the right moves, but mm -hmm. yes, they got a little bit lucky as well. Yeah. And I think what happens is like that first time you can start to attribute things to luck. But what happens is like everybody's experienced a success. They're going to have luck is going to interfere in different ways. Yeah. And then you can still look at it and be like, oh, dang, but this is how the thing goes. Yeah. And then you know how to sort of create your own luck the next time. Yep. Because you can look back and be like, oh, like right, this conversation, what we're talking about is you had two good producers yeah. who could work. Yep. And so now when you go and start another thing, you're like, I need some good producers right out the rip. Yeah. But I know how to get them. Yep. And I know what they want. Mm -hmm. And so that then you know how to have a good start. Right. Yep. And so March, we had two guys. I think 
by April, we had three guys. We hired Morgan. He still works for us. He can fix anything. Um, and then I believe we rolled like that for a couple months and then hired a guy named Eric. He doesn't work for us anymore. We hired, we ended up getting to like, I think by October, 2021, we were seven guys mm. and I had brought on my general manager. So oh, was it that quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I brought on guys six and seven and my general manager all on the same day. <laughs> they all, was the, that was yeah yeah it was wild one of the unlucky things that i did yeah. one of the one bad of the foolish decisions. things you know it was hindsight's 2020 hindsight's 2020 it was super dumb we brought those two guys mm-hmm. like they were 50 apprentices too and it like everything was a mess yeah it was a disaster yeah. right it was just like the wild wild west mm-hmm. and we were getting tons of one-star reviews mm-hmm. and i was like we got to turn this thing around mm-hmm. right um so we spent the next like we spent like the next four or five months just like figuring this thing out, like mm. figuring out what a general manager does. I had right. no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to figure out how to get these guys to to not get one star reviews or how yeah. to run the schedule in a way that doesn't piss everybody off mm-hmm. but still makes money. And mm-hmm. um, ended up getting it pretty well figured out. That year we did two point eight million, so twenty twenty one, and then twenty twenty two we pretty much rolled with just eight guys. We we kind of scaled up to 10 and then back to eight. Right. Um, went through probably four or five duds mm-hmm. that were just, they were okay, but they just didn't, they just didn't it, cut it. They didn't cut it. They would do, you know, bad work, have lots of callbacks mm-hmm. or they just, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't physically do enough work. Right. Um, and so we just end up having to let them go. Um, but yeah, we ended 2022 with eight guys and then, you know, 2023, end of 2022, we did uh, 5 million in revenue. And then, and really we spent most of 2022 just like optimizing. Yeah. Right. Just making the process good, making sure the marketing was good, Mm. heavily invested in our brand and in our social media, Mm -hmm. um, which is turning out to be one of the better things we've done. Mm. And then, um, you know, 2023, we pretty much have stayed fairly steady. We'll do just over 5 million. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, just hired guy number nine. Mm-hmm. We've hired two guy number nines. One of them didn't work out <laughs> yeah. for the same reason. Older guy couldn't couldn't quite get get his brain around service titan sure. and doing service work and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. he ended up we just ended up letting him go. Um new guy we just got from a another competitor, which is super nice. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's gonna work out well. Mm, nice. So when did he start? About He's just now getting in a van by himself. So oh, probably cool. about a month ago. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So now we got nine guys out rolling, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, setting us up for 2024. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can just keep her rocking and rolling through 2024. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of my story. And then like in the middle of that, at some point you moved to Florida. And then... I moved to Florida like midway through 2022. So a little over a year ago. When are we? What year, year are we? We're in 2023 ago. right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was because we sold our house in May 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I made really good money doing that. Um, yeah, because you, cause, yeah, that. We, oh, because you caught it at the top, we, like one of the higher housing market moments. Dude, we we built it at a cheap house, like when prices were low. And, and you, and this is before materials shot up for yeah, COVID. And, before COVID. And you decided to build a tiny house. We built a tiny, not ti- like tiny, like everybody's thinking, like in a Connex, but like, 
It was 850 square feet. Yeah, but it was like laid out. It was three bedrooms, it was two nice. baths. Yeah, laid out well. Small, but laid out well. Vaulted ceilings. And it and, looked cool. And it did. It was on a nice little chunk of land with like, yeah. you were running chickens on there and all this stuff. And Yeah, we built it for like 190, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then we sold it for 275 just yeah. a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we walked away with like 120,000. Yeah. You know, because we paid a chunk of it off. Yeah. Um, it was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good, it was a smart move. Yeah. It's kind of, that's, that's like another one of those like lucky moments where you're yeah. just like, oh, I just ended up flipping this house. Like I just ended up buying at the right time Yeah, or building at the right time and selling at the right time. Yeah. In reality, like the house that I sold to build my new house, it actually would have been better if I just stayed there. Yeah. Cause that sucker, cause you would have paid it down I, probably more. And then the trade off would have just yeah. been, I bought it for two twenty five, and I think it was selling for like three forty. Yeah. But what's interesting is like, you didn't have any idea of where you would be now when you sold that house to build that tiny home. No. Like you were not thinking, Oh, I'm going to build a cool, like you were not like, Oh, I'm going to have this million dollar profiting business. That's going to allow me to live somewhere different. <clears throat> yeah. The thing like, my mindset at the time was still like, let's keep expenses as low as possible. Yeah. And that's, that's why, why yeah, I, like, let's get into a tiny house. So I built like, such a tiny house. Yeah. I put like 40,000 of my own dollars into it. Mm-hmm. So I was only, you know, math again, 150,000 into it. Mm-hmm. So I had a $150,000 loan on a 15 year term with a 2.4% <laughs> interest rate. Yeah. Yeah. My payment was like 800 bucks a month or yeah. something like that. Um, and it was going to be paid off in 15 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any vehicle debt. Yep. Um, and my wife worked for 60 grand a year at that point yeah. in time. So, and that's another reason, like when I went to go start my business, I didn't have much cash mm-hmm. at that point in time. And I had a credit card, but my wife was working. Yeah. Our bills were super low. Mm-hmm. We we're living well within our means. Mm-hmm. And then the whole time while growing my business, all of our cash, I would pay myself and then everything else went back into the business, Yeah, back into the business, all the way up until probably, geez, probably October of 2022. Mm-hmm. We just, every last penny went back into the business, right? right? To get it to the point where it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole time we just kept living within our means. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. Like, yeah, I talk to guys and they're out working in the van and they have a $3,000 car payment. Yeah. And a, and like a $5,000 mortgage. Yeah. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, mm-hmm. you're that's a lot. Like, holy moly. You're like, think of all the money I that... St- yeah. I still don't live like that. Yeah. And that comes back to like... I mean, when you're making and incurring those large expenses, like what you're doing is you're just probably delaying the chance that you can actually live that way comfortably later. So yeah, so one thing I realized, like I used to think that I wanted to make more money to have all this nice stuff, like Mm -hmm. boats and cool cars and trucks and things like that. What I realized is that the when I go buy that stuff, if I pay for it in cash even, or if I have a payment on it, it sucks the freedom out. You mm-hmm. lose freedom mm-hmm. because you feel like you got to continue to like produce mm-hmm. at this high level to pay for that stuff, right? right? And for me, the whole reason I started my business 
in the beginning was because not not so much that I wanted to make more cash, it's that I just wanted more freedom. Yeah. And so when you like start living outside of your means and you start fluffing your lifestyle, like mm-hmm. if you go make more money and then you just live like you're making more money, you're in the same boat. Yeah. It's no different. And it's really easy to do. It's like, so easy. Like to it's do. really easy to slowly graduate your tolerance for living. Yeah. And then eventually you're always pushing up against the edge of what you're making. Yeah. So like I bought a new truck at one point in time. Yep. And I remember I would have the the payment was like fourteen hundred bucks a month. I hated it. Yeah. It was driving me insane. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm paying this money. This thing doesn't do me any good. Yeah, it just hangs out there. Yeah, it looks cool and it's nice to drive around. Yeah. But I hate having a payment on it. Mm-hmm. So I saw, I sold it back to the mm-hmm. dealership. What's funny is that was good timing too, actually. Yeah, yeah, funny because yeah, you because that you sold it back when COVID was happening or something was going on. There were no vehicles. Yeah, and so they were like, "We'll pay anything," and you're yeah. like, "Hey, uh, I'll I sold it money. for exactly what I bought it for." Yeah, that's and that dude, that's never happens. Yeah, I put like thirty thousand miles on it and then sold it back for what I bought it for. It's <laughs> a good deal. It was a good deal. Yeah, that's it's funny. pretty funny. Yeah. It was another one of those lucky timing things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think like even like what we continue to do this to this day wouldn't be possible if I didn't live within my means. Mm. Like we never would have hmm, started. Sure. I never would have hired you. We never yep. would have started podcasting. We never yep. would have. We wouldn't have had the money to invest in all this stuff in the cameras right. and the microphones yep. and the lighting and the, you know, the editing and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't have started, mm. you know, a social media company and learned mm-hmm. how all that stuff works. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have started a coaching program for plumbers. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have had the capital. Right. Um, so I think it's really important. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you are, at the end of the day, you yourself are going to be the most limiting factor on your business. Yeah. And the choices that you make are going to directly impact your business. Yeah. And that's the risk you play. Like when you start a business, you're risking that you're going to be able to do this thing. It's like a catch-22 because mm-hmm. you start your business to make more money, to have more freedom, and probably to like live a little bit more comfortably, right? Mm-hmm. And then you build a business and you're like, and it, and it, yeah, it makes good money, but you, you start to understand like this business could also suck yeah. a lot of money, right? Very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like the difference between my plumbing mm, business being sure. profitable and putting money in the bank versus my plumbing business not being profitable and taking money from the bank, mm-hmm. it's a thin line. Yep. Like the 20% mm-hmm. margins or 18% margins or whatever you're at, that's a thin line. It can evaporate so fast it can because ev- it can evaporate very quickly. Because you're dealing with a lot of risk just yeah. in the um, nature of the business. So think about it. We do five million in revenue in my mm-hmm. business. It costs us four million dollars to do that. Right. So if something goes wrong, we're still spending the four million mm-hmm. regardless. Yep. Yeah, that's sure. A, that's a lot of money that we have to be responsible for, right? And then so not only like is it a thin line between making a lot and sucking a lot, you start looking at your business and you go, There's a lot of people that work in this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm responsible for their livelihoods. If I screw this yeah. up, I don't just affect myself. Mm-hmm. I affect all of them. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Families, kids, mm. moms, yep. wives, 
they're all affected. Mm -hmm. So to go buy fancy new cars now is like, yeah, you're, you're, you're actually risking everybody. Yeah. Everybody is now you're putting everybody at risk because you're choosing to live this life that you haven't, you're not quite ready for. Yeah. Like you don't have enough cushion in your business to actually do it yet. Yeah, it's funny. You you get a whole new perspective on money. Yeah, it's like you hear Grant Cardone like, hey, like, ten millions the new million, yeah. or yeah, dude, totally. Or yeah, I like the difference between I I was so stoked when I had eighty grand in the bank. Mm-hmm. I was it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That money could last forever. <clears throat> yeah, I used to think I could retire off a million dollars. Yeah, when you're like fifty three or whatever it is, sixty three, <laughs> like that'll yeah. last. Or $2 million yeah. even. Yep. It's like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And and it's not like it's getting any better, right? Like, No, it's not. And I mean, like, the cool thing is, like, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you are a plumber. Maybe you have your own business. Yep. Is that that's one of the, I would say, rare opportunities that you have a business that you can scale to the point that you could sell um, or hold on to whichever way you want to play it, yeah. that you could actually have a retirement for yourself out more viable than like just working and stacking away in your 401k. Yeah. I mean, you have so many options at that, at that point, you know, you can build a business that makes you a good living, Mm -hmm. like a, a a plumbing business that makes you a few hundred thousand dollars a year. You could run that with three or four guys and it would be fairly easy to run. Right. Yeah. Um, and you could run that for 20, 30 years and make a good living Mm -hmm. and, and, probably put away for retirement while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, you could probably turn around and sell that business for maybe a million bucks, depending mm-hmm. on the market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then retire with a million dollars in the bank and a retirement plan giving you money. Yep, you'd be making enough money to be able to start other investments. Yeah. Like you could do some real estate, whatever makes sense for the current context yep. to then have more income so that when yep. you actually retire, you're not like, crap, well, I actually have to go get a crappy job right now. Yeah, and that's like that's super simple. Yeah. Um, if you grow a business to, you know, five or 10 million, um, you could hold on to that and it would make you good money. You could do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to sell it, it'll make you way more money. Mm-hmm. You can always, um, you know, there's people out there that build, they'll build a business and they'll sell it, mm-hmm. and so they'll get the few million dollar influx, and then they'll take a little bit of that, and they'll go buy another business and build that one, and then sell it, and they mm-hmm. just constantly are trading up businesses, right? right? Um, at some point in time, they might buy two of them, right, and then sell the two together and get a higher multiple. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're like, if you're a plumber, mm-hmm. you're you're a few ways, you're just a few years away from completely changing the trajectory of your whole life. Yeah. If you're sitting on a business in a market that has room for a plumbing business, which yep. most of them do. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And we can't like understate that opportunity enough because I think it's huge. A lot of plumbers don't recognize that opportunity. Um, especially, I mean, it we talk to a so lot of guys. Far away, yeah, it does right? because the numbers are, are fake. Like yeah. Millions of dollars or this or that or like it's all not real. Yeah. If you're running your business properly, then you can make a million dollars. Like you can do a million dollars a year in business with you and another guy. Yeah. And you you can pay yourself, you can pay yep. your guy, and you can probably make an extra hundred to two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Right. If you get three more guys out in the field, you can do a million, you know, get three guys out in the field, you can pull out of the truck yeah. and you can do one point five to two two million a year with just 
three guys out on the field. Mm-hmm. You get four guys out on the field, it's like guaranteed $2 million. Mm-hmm. That business could pay you three to $400,000 a year. Yep. Plus your normal paycheck. And it wouldn't be crazy, like, because guys always run through the horror stories of, like, well, I don't want all the complexity and, like, the people issues. And it's like, you got managed four dudes. Four dudes out in the field and one lady answering your phones. Yeah. That's literally all you got to do. That's easier than getting out in a truck and working all day. Yeah. Much easier. Yes. Especially if you, like, take some time, have some systems, make some... Like, if you run Mm -hmm. the business correctly, it just becomes this thing where there are so many win-win-wins that you're just managing... A system. Yeah, you're just managing a system, exactly. Yeah. There's just a way of doing stuff at your business. Everybody knows the way mm-hmm. of doing stuff. The way of doing stuff is a profitable way of doing right. stuff. And your business can produce lots of cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, cool story, dude. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, dude, rad. <laughs> yeah, if anybody listening needs help with their plumbing business, grab our free plumbing business playbook down in the description if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening, you're going to have to go to YouTube and... Go to a description on any of our videos and click on the playbook, get the playbook, tons of information on how to do what we just talked about mm. in this podcast. Um, if you own a plumbing business, it'll help you a lot. Yep. And it's free. So yep. all we need is your email. We'll send it to your email. Mm-hmm. Check your spam and your junk. It'll be there. Mm. Cool, man. Thanks, dude. Cool, man. Later. See ya. <laughs>